0: More time. Praise God. And you know, if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. I am so blessed and so honored to be with you one more time again. You know, this is a special week at the Bomb in Gilead. We are on our road to Memory Sunday. And Memory Sunday is this coming Sunday, the second Sunday in June, right before Father's Day. Ah, yes, indeed. We're on the road to Memory Sunday, this Sunday, second Sunday in June. And we're calling on all of our congregations and families and communities to take some time to talk about and lift up Alzheimers. You know Alzheimer's is a major major struggle in our communities. I'm almost sure that 100% of you listening today know someone with Alzheimer's. Uh but we have we the African Americans, we have some of the highest rates of Alzheimer's in this country. Uh, And uh, we must bring more awareness, more awareness, more awareness uh, to this conversation. You know, there is not a cure for Alzheimer's, but we are happy that we, uh, FDA has approved uh, a new treatment a new treatment that looks very promising. Uh, that came out uh, this week, and I think it came out because we are on the road to Memory Sunday. That's what I think. Uh, but we don't have a cure, and uh, this is something, you know, most times, as always, we are misdiagnosed or diagnosed late. And uh, we there are many tools, you know, there are many tools that we can do and that we can get, uh, to get this diagnosed uh, earlier. So we have the bomb and Gilead. We have many resources on our web, website. Please go. Please go right now, right now, right now, and uh, download the Book of Alzheimer's, a resource guide for African-American churches, and our Memory Sunday Toolkit. Uh, please go and download these free resources right now, right now, right, right now. You really need to have um, these resources. If you are um, uh, uh, working with or have someone in your family who have Alzheimer's or dementia uh, or know someone, download it and give it to them. This is very, 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 very important. Um, you know, um, let me see what else is happening here. Uh, we, you know, the bomb and Gilead, we always got something going on. But uh, this, this week is Memory Sunday, and then we are off and running to Healthy Churches 2030. You know that conference, that conference, we're going to be virtual one time again. And that's coming up November the 15th through the 18th. So right after we get through with memory Sunday, this Sunday, we're going to jump on board and we're going to get on the road to Healthy Churches 2030. So, you know what? I'm going to jump out because we have an extraordinary uh, guest today. Uh, we got a brother all the way from Scotland. You heard it. A brother living in Scotland, Dr. John Swinton who is professor of practical theology and pastoral care and chair in divinity and religious studies at the University of Aberdeen in over yonder, over yonder, way over yonder in Scotland. So I'm going to hurry up and uh, get out the way because I can't wait uh, to talk with Dr. Swinton. Dr. John Swinton, who is professor of practical theology and pastoral care and chair in divinity and religious studies at the University of Aberdeen. He is an ordained minister of the Church of Scotland, who for more than a decade worked as a registered nurse specializing in psychiatry and learning disabilities. Dr. Swinton, we are so excited to have you on the pod today. And more importantly, just excited about your work around Alzheimer's. Um, it's just been it's just extraordinary to, to read your publication. So I'm excited to hear all about your work in, in cognitive health space.
1: Great. It's, it's lovely to be here. Nice to meet you.
0: So tell us, how did you get into this work, and uh, how does it get framed into practical theology?
1: That's a good question. The two, the two questions, the two issues are, this, are similarly connected. So I began my life, my professional life, as a, a nurse. So I worked. I trained as a, a psychiatric nurse, and I worked for sixteen years with people with various types of mental health challenges. Uh, And I also worked for some time with people with intellectual disabilities, which is very interesting. Uh, And so part of that work was working with people with dementia. So I spent a good deal of my formative years with people who had see the world differently, who had different kind of brain challenges and who just taught me a lot of things about a lot of things. And then when I came into the academy, which would be in the early 90s, I just, I guess, given the opportunity, just to think about, you know, my professional experience and to think theologically. So, ask the question: How do I understand that this in the light of what I know about God and about human beings? Uh, and so, that's how it got into practical theology. So, it came out of my own formation, then into my vocation. I suppose is the way to, to put it. So, tell us about your work in in the
0: Alzheimer's
1: space. Yeah, well, uh, uh, the. Research work that I've done since I came into academia is beginning to look at at, at dementia and beginning to think about why it is that people are so afraid of dementia. Partly, if you you look at the statistics, people are more afraid of dementia than they are of cancer. Uh, And one reason is because people think that you are what you remember. So if you you forget uh, your past or your present, then somehow the assumption is that people kind of disappear you know you can hear that in people's language he's not the person he used to be or she but she would never do that so the person begins to disappear. And that really troubled me because my experience for people with dementia was that nobody ever disappears. People change, of course they change, And when you forget things, you, you, know, you see the world in a slightly different perspective. But nobody disappears. And so all of my research work is really trying to help people to, to rethink dementia, to get away from the fear of it, to get away from understanding uh, human beings as just being the product of their memory and trying to think about dementia positively that even though you have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or any other kind of dementia that doesn't not the end of your that's not the end of your life you still have a hope you have a possibility for the future so that's that's what my research pushes into
0: well you know uh, I I am glad to have this conversation because I am one of those people I am afraid of uh, dementia and I'm af- well Alzheimer's is a form of dementia my uh, my birth mother has uh, Alzheimer's and um and I am so afraid that uh, this disease might be in my DNA. So if you will, walk, talk to me. Talk to me as you would talk to some of your patients helping me get, get beyond my fear. Well, the
1: first thing I say is that, you know, your community, your Christian community needs to be thinking about what it means for you to be you. Because one of the things that I, I, I know, very often we think about dementia in, in terms of you, you forget things. And you do forget things. Um, But very often the problem for people with dementia is not so much that they forget things, it's very often that they're forgotten. So once you have a a diagnosis of dementia, people kind of forget about you or they don't come to visit you or they don't think about you in the way that you used to do. And so the first thing you want to do is to make sure that your your community understands that you are you or who who you are in Christ rather than who you are according to what you remember. Uh, And as soon as you think about that, then it means that other people can help you, can hold your memories for you. And if you forget things, people can help you to remember them in a variety of different ways. Uh, And if you're in the right situation with the right group of people around you, then you needn't be afraid. Obviously, everybody's anxious. And if anybody has dementia, you're anxious. It's a difficult time. But there's always a possibility of hope beyond the present situation. So I would say... uh, be hopeful, if I was speaking to you, because there are things to hope for.
0: What would you say to the faith community, the Christian community, or faith in general, on how, what are some of the strategies that they should take when they are looking to support people with Alzheimer's? Because, you know, in our community, we have uh, some of the highest rates of Alzheimer's uh, in the United States and in the world. So, you know, what what are some of the strategies that, you know, the Christian community can do?
1: Yeah, well, one of the first things is to think about it theologically. I mean, how do we understand God in the midst of it? And so the way I think about it is that, you know, the gospel is all about reminding us that we don't really know who we are until we encounter Jesus. And so we create our life stories, we move through life thinking we know who we are, and then we encounter Jesus and discover that actually a lot of the things we believed about ourselves are just not true. So our our memory is always fallible, our memory is always breakable. And so we don't find our identity in the things that we remember about ourselves. We find our identity in Christ. Paul was very clear about that. We find our identity in in Jesus. Um, But our identity is held in the memory of God. So God never forgets us in that sense. So No matter where we are, no matter how difficult things are, God always remembers us. So we may forget things, God always remembers us. So the key thing for a Christian community, first of all, is to remember people, to visit them, to be with them, to befriend them. Because one of the, you know, I spoke to a very interesting um, psychologist called Stephen Sabat a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about friendship and dementia. And he was talking about the, the, the way that some people think that people with dementia can't have meaningful relationships and he just we say that's, that's nonsense he says friendship if you sit down with somebody if you have a conversation with somebody if you stick with them over a, a period of time people come to know you you may forget your name but they won't forget your emotions and the feelings and the warmth that they feel when they're with you so the first gift that we can give to people is that that gift of friendship uh, and tied in with that is a gift of value Because you know we don't value ourselves. You you don't get value from yourself. Value is always a gift that's given to you by somebody else, by an individual, by a community. Friendship's not something you can get by yourself. It's a gift that's given to you. So you give people the gift of friendship and presence, and you, at the same time, you're given the 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 gift of value and dignity. So simply by being with people in that sense, I think is is a profound thing. And tied in with that is, like as I say, visiting people making sure that people, even when they're they're taken out of their homes or taken out of their communities, that they still have that faith connection through you, through our, our bodies, uh, in order that they can still feel part of that that community, even in the midst of the difficulties that people encounter. And the fourth thing, if it's third or fourth, I can't remember, is um, remember the, the power of worship. Because I don't know if if you've ever been in this situation, I'm sure many of you have, uh, where you're worshipping with people with dementia uh, and people who have been really out of things for quite some time and suddenly begin to move to the, the music, begin to sing, begin to engage. And the reason that that happens is because our bodies have memory. Our bodies remember things, so sometimes when we think about memory, we think about it as recall—you know, bringing something to the past into the present—and we forget about the way our bodies uh, uh, remember things. And so, over time, people have practiced the spirituality, their prayer, their worship, their contemplation, the singing, um, and now at this time when they can no longer maybe use the cognition to do it, their bodies remember that. So, the power of worship is really important, uh, both in the context of dementia, but in the context of everybody's formation but you really see it very powerfully in worship so what I'm saying with all these things is help people to hold on to themselves by holding on to them
0: you know Dr. Swinton um, uh, back my mother as I said has Alzheimer's and she her her cognitive um, uh, her present you know short-term memory is gone but right. when she goes to church, When she crosses that door into the sanctuary, everything comes back. She when if the when the pastor say turn to Acts chapter two verse, she's right there. You know, I mean, she knows every song. She knows every scripture. I mean, it's like nothing has changed for her. And it's just it's, it's 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 amazing to behold. You know, yeah. because in that one hour, 90 minutes, two hour frame, when she's in worship, she yeah. is right there with us. But yeah. as soon as the benediction is done and she crosses back into the world, she goes right back into, you know, into her dementia state.
1: And that, it's, it's fascinating. And, I mean, and one of the reasons why that happens is because um, very often people, when they um uh, when they lose a memory, it isn't actually gone. It's still there, but you can't connect it. So the neurons and the synapses that will allow you to get there have been broken. But the the brain's kind of plastic and it can improvise. And music is one way in which you can bypass some of that damage and access that memory. So when somebody's actually when you hear when your mum's going through these things, she's really encountering that, and engaging that in a way that she can at other times. Because the music and and the, and the atmosphere actually opens up as uh, 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 um, spaces of memory that are not accessible at other at, at times. And then when the music stops and when the worship stops, they close down again. So the key thing is just to be with people in the moment mm. and to recognise that that's a very special and a holy moment when that happens. And, of course, it's, it's, it's disappointing maybe we can't continue it. I always think it's a little bit like, you know, Peter on the mountaintop in the transfiguration. He wanted to be there forever. He was was really disappointed when he had to come down. It's a little bit like that. You've know. just got to appreciate that moment. And then when you come down from the mountaintop, you you realize something good has happened. um, And it'll happen again.
0: Family, we have been talking to Dr. John Swinton. uh, And I hope you've been taking notes. Um, Church, family, uh, the gift. The gift that we must give to our loved ones who are going with dementia—the gift of friendship, the gift of value and dignity, and the power of worship. Dr. Swinton, this this is this is very very um, good and um, meat for digestion. And we just thank you so much. Our time is running out, but we're not going to forget this because I think this is these are uh, four very important gifts. Uh, That we must continue to talk about, talk about, talk about from our church as well as our family to give our loved ones, whether you are a church family or a family who's taking care of a loved one, the gift of friendship, the gift of value and dignity and the power of worship. Mm. Dr. Swinton, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to give you the last word. What would you like our audience to, to, to know today?
1: I'd like you to know that there's always more to people than you think there is. And it's always good. Just give people the benefit of the doubt. Be patient and wait for them and just see what happens.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And where where are you today? You in Scotland?
1: I'm in Scotland. I'm in Aberdeen. and It's sunny Aberdeen today. Oh, around. my
0: goodness. Well, tell them. Tell the folks in Scotland, we the Gilead says hello, and we'll look to see you back over here with us, the power of Zoom, isn't it? It's like fantastic. the power, it's, it's fantastic. This Thank is. you so much, Dr. Swinton, for All being right. with us. All the best. Bye-bye. All the best. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. Well, family, I hope you have enjoyed our conversation with Dr. John Swinton. I learned a lot, uh, and I hope you did too. Uh, We're going to have to have Dr. Swinton from over yonder in Scotland uh, back on the pod uh, with us. Uh, I really, 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 really enjoyed talking with him. Don't forget this Sunday, this Sunday coming up is what? Can I hear? Do I hear you? What? Say it again. Say it. Come on. I'm listening. I'm listening. Say it again. One more time. Yes. Memory Sunday. Memory Sunday, where our focus is on Alzheimer's. And we cannot forget our caregivers. Um, just we cannot forget our caregivers because they give all of what they have to provide care for our loved ones. So, be you know, do something special. Do something special for those sisters and brothers and cousins and aunts that you have who are taking care of your loved one. Well, I'm going to jump out here. Uh, You know, it's Thursday. That means tomorrow is Friday. And then it's Saturday. And then it's Memory Sunday. Listen, family, thank you so very much. i got to go. Talk to you. Holler.